Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. As the pandemic rages across our nation, we are all feeling a sense of hope now that the coronavirus vaccine has finally become available. Atlantic Care Regional Medical Center was among the first of six hospitals in New Jersey to begin administering the COVID-19 vaccine. My guest today is Dr. Manish Trivedi, epidemiologist and director of infectious diseases at Atlantic Care. Thanks so much for being with us today, Dr. Trivedi. You were among the first healthcare heroes to get the vaccine at Atlantic Care. What was going through your mind? Uh, we had a, an overwhelming sense of excitement and encouragement. You know, um, there was a feeling of optimism after being in, injected with the vaccine that the future is certainly brighter um, after that. How are the other members of your healthcare team feeling about the new vaccine? We did, we did it in basically teams of 10. And uh, throughout the day that day, we, we, we injected 55 people with the vaccine. And just getting a feedback from everybody before and after, there was a lot of sense of relief from everything. You know, there's a lot of information building up to the vaccine itself. And then to be able to go through the process, see how seamless it was, and then to really experience no, no effects was really promising. And then just an overwhelming almost feeling of gratitude that that help was here and that we were able to, to continue to perform our duties with uh, that added protection. Healthcare providers have been doing so much during this pandemic. They should be among the first to get this vaccine. Why is it so important? I think it's really important just as within the healthcare community, but also within uh, the communities of, of other local areas and states. You know, as healthcare providers, we are certainly on the front line when we have to take care of COVID patients. There was a lot of fear and anxiety in the beginning because there was a lot of unknowns. But as we've become more proficient with it and had adequate PPE, we've all felt more comfortable. But that that lingering feeling that maybe we could become infected or infect our family members was always there. I think having the vaccine um, helps alleviate a lot of that those concerns. And as the community starts to see their, their health care providers um, participating in that vaccine, I think they'll feel more comfortable to also um, sign up for it. And that's the best way to help eradicate this this illness is with appropriate vaccination, but continuing to maintain what we've been doing all along, wearing a mask, maintaining that physical distance and, and washing your hands. I'm glad you brought that point up because there are some people that are thinking, well, we got the vaccine, now we can go out again. We are still very far away from containing this virus. And it's important for us to continue to maintain all those safety precautions that have been put in place. And you mentioned that healthcare workers are excited, but there are some who are wary of this vaccine. Why is that? Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of misinformation um, coming out about the vaccine as well. You know, there was concern amongst a, a lot of healthcare providers about the the speed of the vaccine and the development of the vaccine. I think there's a lot of information about how this vaccine was produced, and once you dive into that a little bit, you feel a li- little more comfortable that it wasn't necessarily just six months, eight months, and that there was a vaccine. This has been years in the making, and the, the process and the technique has been years in the making. And a lot of the, the red tape that typically slows down the, the procedures and the processes were removed because of the urgency of needing this vaccine. But just amongst uh, my colleagues, you know, just talking to them and, and encouraging them to get the vaccine, we have a lot of positive feedback. But at the same token, there's a lot of misconception and, and just re-education about the processes and, and people become more comfortable with that. I'm so glad you said that because many people think this this just started to be developed, you know, early in the year and all of a sudden here it is. But the coronavirus existed before this. This is just the new, the novel coronavirus. So it's important for people to remember that there was a lot of research and study 
way before this year started and way before we ever heard of COVID-19. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds about it, doctor, but as an epidemiologist, you've had quite extensive experience with other types of viruses. Tell us a little bit about your background and the mechanism, how this actually works in our body. Sure. So prior to, to working here, I, I worked at a, a viral virology lab, so I was familiar with a lot of different viruses and bacteria. You know, I've helped participated in different studies as well, including the Zika virus and the Ebola virus. So I'm familiar with the coronavirus. I, I wrote a, a chapter on SARS, uh, which is the, co- the coronavirus um, that we were all familiar with prior. So this, this vaccine is, has been, like, as you mentioned, has been, the process has been going on for years. We've been using this procedure and development for vaccines with Zika virus and, and Ebola. And what ended up happening is we were able to get the genome sequence of the virus, meaning the proteins that we needed to know much quicker because we had that information. And because we had the process already in place, it was really a plug and play. So it made it a very smooth way. So the vaccine that we've been using currently is a messenger RNA virus vaccine. And so messenger RNA is almost like a blueprint and it tells your cells to do a certain direction and so this messenger rna specifically tells your cells to develop a small spike protein it's one protein that typically is seen on on covid19 and once your cell develops that using its own material so there's no live virus in there your body senses that there's something foreign going on and that's when it develops those antibodies and it, it does that pretty quickly usually around two weeks after getting your first vaccine you have about 57 percent efficacy and then you need a booster of course we mentioned 21 days or so later and that's when you get to that 95 percent it's a huge undertaking just to get people to take one of them but then to come back three weeks later to get another shot so the vaccine will be as effective as possible, it will be a challenge. So we really need to get the message out there. I think so, and I think programs like this are really important right now to to really put out positive information and and the real information about what's going on, especially when it comes down to side effects and it comes down to how to go about doing this. I don't want people to feel that one vaccine is going to keep them protected. As I mentioned, it's 57%. You really have to go through this to make sure that you have appropriate efficacy. Absolutely. And there's still people out there that don't take the flu vaccine, which is safe and proven, you know, many, many years. So it will be a hurdle to get people to believe in this. But I think you're right. Once people start to see that others are getting it and that there are very few side effects, some people have had an allergic reaction and we're still looking into that. But most people are doing fine with it. And once we see politicians, public figures begin to get this vaccine, I think people will start to feel more comfortable. This pandemic has ravaged our country and the world. People have really suffered. And I'm sure what you have seen has been overwhelming and devastating to the people who have it and to their families. Absolutely. COVID-19, and I'd want to stress that it has a myriad of symptoms, and it's not just simply getting the common cold, although some people just experience flu-like symptoms and they have resolution. We have other people, young and old, that um, progress to a far more serious disease, and that's, that's those are the ones that we, we treat in the hospital. And so it's a very serious illness that, that certainly needs to be appropriately managed and handled. And I think the vaccine is an excellent opportunity for us to get a hold of it. And unlike other viruses that end and, and generally don't have lingering side effects, we see that some people do have side effects that last for a while after they've had COVID. 
That's right. There's uh, something called like uh, prolonged COVID syndrome or long hauler syndrome, um, where people, you know, initially the, their symptoms may last seven days, 10 days, but they have a lot of um, vague symptoms that can, can last months, like three months, four months, even six months out. And so it's something to be mindful of that this the body aches, headaches, fatigue, some people experience weight loss. All of these things can certainly persist. And so to be able to prevent that is, is really important. Of course, it affects people more severely who are much older or who have comorbidities, diabetes or obesity. But some people are generally healthy. And we just don't really know right now how it will affect a person. My son actually got it. He's in college. He's 20, big, strong kid. All the kids in his house had it. They were fine. And he actually had trouble breathing because he has asthma, which scared me to death. He's okay. But for a while there, I thought, oh my goodness, is he going to have to go to the hospital? Well, he he had trouble. And we just don't know uh, all the information about it and who is really going to suffer greatly with this and others who don't really get many side effects. And, and that's, that's a great point. You know, I, I've been taking care of a lot of patients in the hospital, and really there's no rhyme or reason. The person that you would suspect may not do well because they have all these comorbidities, they end up doing okay sometimes. And there are people that have no comorbidities, similar to your son's situation, young, healthy, no other real issues. They're the ones that their symptoms persist, linger, worsen. And so you really have to be careful. You can't, you can't go into the, this with the mentality of, oh, I'm young, everything will be fine, it's not a big deal. Because bear in mind, this is a very contagious illness, and so you can spread that very quickly to family, loved ones, and people in your community. So you have to really do your part. Yes, we do. We are all in this together. And something I found interesting is that we are seeing lower levels of the flu this year because people are wearing masks and social distancing, but we are still seeing an increase in COVID cases. So it just goes to show how contagious coronavirus actually is. That's correct. Yeah, it is contagious, more contagious than the flu. And because it's crept into our community already, and that's why it's being able to spread um, within within the area, just because it's already here. Whereas the flu, it did not make it into our area just yet. And so the masks have done a great job to, to prevent that. I think we do need to stress the point we're not out of the woods yet. We are seeing a glimmer of hope, which is great, but we still need to wear our masks, social distance. I know I've won't see my family this holiday season. My parents are in their 80s because I love them and I want them to be around for next the next holiday season. So I'm trying to do my part. And if everyone just does their part, doctor, we can get through this thing, right? Absolutely. And and that's a great point. You know, you're, you're doing what you have to do. And I know it's difficult, especially right now in times of holiday seasons, but you have to do that in order to protect your loved ones. It's the greatest gift you can, you can offer is that you're going to protect their health by doing everything necessary. When do you think we'll see vaccinations for the general public for COVID? So I anticipate, you know, the initial rollout, and this was like a federal plan and then slowly trickling into the state plan, we anticipate that the vaccine will be available to the public hopefully in late January, February. And as we go down a tiering system, as those patients who have high comorbidities, those patients that are that are the older population, those are the people that will end up getting the vaccine first as we move down to the lower risk categories. And we'll have more vaccines available from a variety of companies coming out very soon. That's right. Yeah. So 
the United States was able to procure uh, several different styles and types of vaccines, as well as different companies, all of them doing very similar um, effects. So don't don't feel like you're getting an inferior vaccine or, or a different type of vaccine. They all have equal immunity. So that's, that's, a, that's a really good, good point. And unlike the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine that's coming out right now does not have to be kept at those super low temperatures. So it might be easier to distribute to some places in the United States that are unable to store the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, that's right. The, the Pfizer vaccine, it's because of the way it was transported into the body. There's, It's called a, a lipid kind of particle. And so that fat particle has to be kept colder and you need a special freezer for that. And so with the Moderna vaccine, which is the other messenger RNA vaccine, you don't need that type of freezer. So that'll make it really good to, to be able to house in the community in different settings at your local pharmacies and your primary care providers. Well, I personally want to thank you, and I know I speak for many, many people, for all that you've done. I am sure that you have had many days where you've worked too many hours and sleepless nights getting this uh, off the ground and working so hard to make sure that our community stays safe and healthy. So thank you for all that you and your team have done for us, Doctor. I know. I, I appreciate that. You know, our team and, and Atlantic Care and, and as a whole has been a, a big family and we take care of each other. And it's been a, a huge, enormous effort from our leadership to, to everybody here. So um, we all appreciate, appreciate those comments and appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. Well, we can't thank you enough and continue the good work. We're so excited that we're finally hopefully coming to an end of this and maybe next holiday season we'll be able to hug our family members again, and we'll get back to whatever normal <laughs> whatever normal will be once again. Um, and where can we find out more? I know Atlanticare has a lot of information about COVID-19. Yeah, if you go to our website at atlanticare.org, we have a whole COVID-19 section. It has up-to-date information on our vaccination schedules as well as information on the virus itself. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Manish Trevetti, Division Director of Infectious Diseases at Atlanticare. Wishing you and your family a safe, happy, and healthy holiday and new year, doctor. Thank you. You as well. All the best to you. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get updates on our latest episodes. And be sure to visit me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Wishing you a happy, beautiful, blessed holiday season and, of course, a healthy new year. I truly appreciate your joining me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.